Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. This week, we are taking a deep dive into Cyberpunk 2077. We're talking about Destiny 2 Season Pass, and over a million people watch a 15-year-old game. But first, I am Manny G once again, and with me, as always, is the katana-wielding netrunner, Andy, what's up, buddy? <laughs> How are you going to call me a netrunner? What if I want to be the other one, bro? Oh, yeah. We, we just want to be the solo? What if, yeah, what if I want to be the soloist? Oh, yes. Except dude. the dude version, because I'm not, you know how I feel about, you know, being a trans well. gamer. <laughs> I don't feel like that on the inside. So I'm just well, going to represent myself. <laughs> we're going to jump right. in, dude. Yes. How was your week, man? How, how were your gaming adventures this week, dude? Uh, good. Very good. Uh, I'm still heavily into that remnant grind, bro. It is. Oh yeah. dude. Yeah. We talked about it. $40 game. And it's a, an amazing game. Uh, I, I really can't say enough about it, but I'm not going to push it on folks because (laughs) that's not how I roll, but no, it's, it's been so refreshing to be off of a life service games, dude. I haven't, I haven't even really, I haven't even really been playing uh, warframe either. So, uh, so it's been nice to be in a single player experience without Mm. any microtransactions, just a game. So that's that's pretty nice. dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and outside of that, dude, just really busy, bro. I have, you know, post that surgery, um, you know, I just had a lot of trades to pay back at work. And so I've been working a lot of doubles, man. And uh, I just oh, got off yeah, another yeah. one today, uh, which is a weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's always a little exhausting, uh, especially yeah. as the years go by, man. It gets, you know, it just takes a little more endurance from me, if you will. But, uh, but other than that, man, the week has been great. I'm feeling a thousand percent better. Good. Last week. So, uh, do you feel totally recovered from your surgery? No, not sure. No, No, not not totally. Not totally recovered, but I'm sleeping 100% better. Actually, about 300% better. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) good man. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. Happy for you, buddy. How about you, bud? Uh, I've been playing a little Dota Underlords. What? Uh, Have I told you about that game? No. It's a, it's a, well, you can play it on PC, but I've been playing it on my phone. And like a few months ago, there was this new genre that came out. It was just a mod within Dota and it was, it's called auto chess. Basically the game board kind of looks like a chess board and that's kind of where the similarities end with chess. But you, you kind of pick your team as you level up and then you kind of, uh, you get to pick more like there's a ton of of different uh characters you pick and each one has their own strength and they have their different synergies between other characters so you kind of you earn gold as you play and you kind of spend that to buy more or you could save up and so there's all these different strategies and it, it's it's an auto chess game so once your turn starts all your characters fight the other team automatically mm-hmm. so you just kind of watch them fight it out and whoever wins wins and you're playing against other people, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty neat. It's pretty pretty interesting. It's it's free. It's totally free. There's not even any options to spend money in right. Overlords right now. So pretty sweet. But I think it's still kind of early right. in the game's development. Nice, dude. So it's been good. It's been fun. And dude, we are recording on Sunday, the first, and we are just four short days away from. Gears 5. Nice, dude. dude. Yes. It'll be nice to be playing with friends again. That's for sure. I can't tell you how excited I am about this game. I'm surprised at how excited I am. Yeah, dude. It's a, those are, it's a great franchise, man. I, I too, am uh, uh, super pumped about it, man. Uh, mm. I'm feeling better about uh, the multiplayer, right? Because like, I was really nervous about getting back into a Gears style of multiplayer, which is a style all its own, I think, you know, because because while it is a third-person uh, shooter, 
Yeah. There's so many different sort of mechanics. There's a cover mechanic. There's a roadie run kind of mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some pretty overpowered weapons. You know, there's, you know, some blind fire stuff in there. So, it, you know, you put that all together in a multiplayer game and it tends to be much different than a first person shooter, right? Yeah. But we, when we jumped into the, um, it wasn't called an alpha or a beta. What was it called, Manny? Was it a tech test? Is that what they called yeah, it? Yeah, something like that. Uh, when we jumped into that, dude, that was really cool. Yes. Uh, playing with other people, I was like, wow. Uh, you know, like, I, I felt good. Now, that being said, you know, we mm-hmm. it was a tech test, right? So, who knows? <laughs> you know, we probably yeah. weren't really playing against the... Yeah, we played the, the arcade mode, right? And that's kind of geared mm-hmm. towards more of a, a casual style. And, and there's yeah. so many different types of game modes in there. It's... There's, dude, I I don't think we're going to be lacking for anything to do. Oh, no, man. I think uh, there's going to be so many things to do in there. And I think, uh, I think this game, the the thing I'm most excited about this game is uh, it, it, because of just a perfect storm of circumstances, it really probably will be the first game that our community will be able to play together should they choose to, with the exception of the ps4 nerds playstation um <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm just kidding i'm just kidding ps4 friends you're not nerds um <laughs> yeah dude that's gonna be exciting man and 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 i know you had mentioned you know like a gears night uh and, and it, that yeah. game really lends itself to that right the the it campaigns does. are typically shorter but there's horde mode there's again like mm-hmm. you mentioned so many modes that we can get into and and it'll be uh it'll be a ton of fun man i can't wait yeah, one of the, um, let's see, I think the campaign, probably about 20 hours is what they've said. Mm-hmm. And I've saw some really good feedback so far. And I think actually we're going to be seeing some of those reviews of the campaign coming pretty soon. But we'll see. But it's it's looking really positive. But man, if I had if I had time, Andy, I would do a, a bonus episode, a, a Gears 5 primer show. I know, man. I but, know you were... I, you were itching for it, bud, but yeah, uh, no, man, yeah, you, you, uh, you put so much, uh, you pour so much of yourself into these episodes, man. I, I, I totally understand, man. Like that, that would be a ton to take on. Yeah, if if I could, I, I would definitely do it. But um, I'm sure we'll be talking about gears more oh, sure, as time sure. goes. After hey, man, release. we can do another gears episode. Nothing says we can't do that, bro. We're our own boss. <laughs> That's true. That's true, man. Dude, we've got an absolute ton to talk about this week. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Dude, let's start off with this first story. Overwatch may be coming to the Nintendo Switch this October. Mm. Dude, from your favorite website, Andy, give us the details. WCCF Tech. Yeah. Uh, rumors, rumors regarding Overwatch releasing on Nintendo Switch have been circulating for some time now. And today something new has come in on the matter, suggesting an October release for the game. In a leaked retail list, it's been revealed that Overwatch is supposedly releasing on Nintendo Switch on October 18th. As the Overwatch uh, Nintendo Switch port has yet to be confirmed officially, we have to take everything with a huge grain of salt until an official confirmation comes in. Rumors regarding a Switch port of Overwatch started making more sense following the announcement of the officially licensed Overwatch Switch case, which doesn't make much sense unless the game is indeed coming to Nintendo's hybrid uh, console. Take your Nintendo Switch on the go with this sturdy, compact case designed precisely to fit the console in handheld mode. Inside, you'll find a felt lining, Overwatch logo tag, screen protector flap with storage for nine game cards and zippered mesh storage pocket. This portable case with Overwatch design gives you the freedom to have fun on the go with your Nintendo Switch (laughs) wherever, whenever. That's quite a sales pitch, buddy. I know. Dude, well, this, I saw this before it got taken down from Amazon, and it's legit. It, this is a real thing, and Amazon took it down. 
Dude, it, it is. This case is mm -hmm. so nice, dude. I'm thinking about getting it for my phone. Like instead, because I don't have a switch, just put, throw my phone in there, just dude. Just put your phone in the Overwatch <laughs> case. It'll be your little... But here's my question, Andy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you think this Overwatch is going to be like a direct port of the full PC version? Are they going to have cross play, cross progression? Mm -hmm. Or. Do you think it's just going to be a, a Nintendo uh, Switch version of Overwatch that just is, it's just a different game? Man, I don't know. But if, from my understanding, most of the ports that they've brought over to the Switch have been like specifically for the Switch, right? So like retooled yeah. and, and kind of finessed, if you will, to fit what the switch i guess the limitations of the switch right because while mm -hmm. it's an awesome console i'm sure it has limitations right yeah there's got to um, be some concessions just to get it going right so uh i don't know man it, to my simple uninformed brain making a pc or sorry making a port of the pc version tech like technologically speaking maybe more of an undertaking than them maybe choosing to do do it a different way. Yeah. Right? Um, mm -hmm. So, but if any of the, I've said this before, if any of the other games are any indication, this will be a tremendous achievement for them. Right? Now, yeah. as far as crossplay, man, I just don't, like, uh, Overwatch has a huge competitive uh, scene. Right? Yes. Uh, they play, or heck, they play, <laughs> they play it uh, professionally, <laughs> um, you know, on ESPN. So I don't see that happening, man, just because of that. Um, but mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I think that it's going to be a Overwatch version that's specifically designed for Switch. It'll be completely separate. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. I don't think there's going to be any sort of cross-play, cross-progression. I just think it's going to be a, a standalone deal. Mm-hmm. And you know what? How true to the PC version of Overwatch will it be? I don't know. We'll find out. I, I'm. I think it's a good thing. I think this is a real positive move. Mm -hmm. But I, I just don't think that it's gonna be just a one for one. Yeah, I don't. I can't see that happening, man. Yeah. Would you get it? Would you get it? Oh, would I get it? Would you get it on the on the Switch? Uh, well. If I had a Switch, would I get Overwatch? Yes. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Because man. I have it on the PC and I have Overwatch also on my Xbox. Yeah. And I haven't turned that thing on in like forever, dude. Yeah, right. A long time, no, I think if, you, if you're going to play a game like this, I think you're probably better off just, mm -hmm. just doing it all the way. Yeah, that's Go right, man. Get on that PC life. Speaking of Blizzard Entertainment, Andy, World of mm. Warcraft Classic sees over 1 million Twitch viewers upon release. I know one of those viewers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, man. I I was there watching, but mm -hmm. I was not, not playing. Not participating. How hard is that for you, man? Actually, I, I almost cried. Like, I, I almost cried about how sad I was. To not be honestly, it, no, no, seriously, dude. If if this was releasing at any other time, like, mm. and if I wasn't so busy right now, yeah, then I would be all over this thing. Like, if I did not anticipate myself being busy in a, in less than a week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got um, some stuff happening, don't you? Yes. Th then you know things. Things. Let's. If this released like a month ago. Mm -hmm or maybe two months ago, whatever, mm -hmm. then Andy, you would be wondering, where is Manny? Why have you stopped doing podcasting? Because <laughs> I'm busy, would... busy grinding that dark elf up to raid readiness. That's what he's doing. <laughs> yes, yes. There's no dark elves, but but, um, but that's <laughs> I that okay. I totally yeah, we're, we're going to get a letter or somebody. There should be dark elves. elves. That's right. the point of this story. <laughs> well, this story comes to us from from uh, me. I just wrote this up. Uh, World of Warcraft Classic is a relaunch of the original title, which launched 15 years ago. Over the last 15 years, WoW has had six expansions with its player base topping out at over 12 million paid subscribers during its Wrath of the Lich King expansion. The subscription is $15 a month, which includes the retail version of Warcraft, along with this newly released Warcraft Classic. Mm, okay. 
Twitch viewership has been holding steady with viewers between 200 and 600,000 throughout its first week of release. The launch has been mostly solid with only a few crashes, although most servers are seeing queue times. On launch, one EU server had over 100,000 people in queue, while most other servers had around 20,000. Wow, that's them just waiting to get in. The, yeah, the game is live. People are sitting at the computer wanting to play, and there is a line. Velvet of rope, baby. Oh, my goodness. Andy, this is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. This is really, really big for any game to be re released 15 years after. And, Andy, it is not a new game. There's They didn't add new stuff, polish it up. As a matter of fact, they. They downgraded a version like their the current version to be what classic is like massively, and to see this much interest is just something else, dude. Well, it is I mean, really something because World of Warcraft is at least the classic version really was a special game, and it was something that is just not going to be repeated anytime soon, dude. It was. It's interesting because it is it is all about community. It is all about your personal ambition and your desire to to reach a certain goal. It's about a race to the top mm-hmm. and it's only starting, dude. Like there's yeah. not even a open world PVP in the game just yet. That is coming soon and there's going to be this whole honor system. And when that originally released, there was people just playing like nonstop 24 seven to get that rank up because it was a permanent rank, like overall Mm. and like people today in the like normal version of wow, I don't even know what to call it. Wow. Versus wow. Classic, I guess Mm -hmm. they still rock those titles that they got 15 years ago. That's crazy. So, insanity yeah it's not look i mean it speaks to the you know clearly it speaks to the popularity of the game it always has been the gold standard for uh, you know mmorpgs certainly but i mean this is the foundation that games like destiny and and you know what we call live service games now Mm -hmm. is built on you know what i mean yeah um so uh it's really cool to see you know the original uh, and how it's treated its players and, the, you know, how those players sort of pay homage to to that experience and maybe bring new players along, right? Say, hey, look, oh, this yeah. is a good time to start, right? Me and you, right? Maybe this would have been my new addiction. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sure that's probably <laughs> something that you would have been super into, man. But, hey, let's do this. Let's put a pin in it. When we make our debut on the PC, this will be the game. All right, dude, we'll do that, man. (laughs) That'd be awesome. I'll pay for your subscription. Uh, (laughs) So as of right now, I just checked, there's 152,000 people watching the Mm -hmm. Warcraft stream. That's awesome, dude. That's amazing. It's really cool. And I am, you know, for, for years, I did not play Warcraft classic. I played about a year and a half after release during the, um, the Burning Crusades, well, it was a little over a year and a half after release. The Burning Crusades, that was the first expansion. That's when I started playing the game. Mm-hmm. And it is a very special game to me. Some of the best memories I've ever had in gaming. Some of the the most uh, legit achievements that I've ever uh, attained in video gaming has been in that game. So, mm-hmm. yes, nice. there's, it will always have a special place in my brain. I know it does, Mr. Nomer. Uh-huh. Yes. 007. <laughs> yeah, my my uh, my original WoW character, his name is Nomerus, and he was a gnome, and That's I had right. the title of Nomragon. <laughs> so, I love, it. I love it. Doesn't get any nerdier than that, I guess. Mine, mine would have been Andermon. <laughs> Andermon. You know how original I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, this next story is similar to that one. The race. Ooh. To the world's first level 60 player in WoW Classic is over. Oh, wow. According to .esports.com, World of Warcraft streamer Jokerd has become the first player in the West to reach level 60 in Classic. He achieved that milestone with a mage on August 30th at 1.40 p.m. So that means that he played three days, 20 hours, and 40 minutes since the release that is a lot of game time three days solid plus 20 hours that's insane dude that dude 
that's a lot of game time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he was first, most people were like around 40 by the time he hit 60. So several days oh. away from being 60, if they're playing nonstop, just like he was, he was just ultra efficient. Um, so yeah, he streamed for 78 hours basically, um, as a part of that. Gosh, man. Yeah. When he hit level 60, there was over 300,000 people watching him hit level 60. So Pretty crazy, quite an accomplishment just to get that ding. But what's funny about this is that after he hit level 60, he went to log off and delete his character just to troll everybody that was watching him with his accomplishment. Oh my gosh. But uh, nobody let him do it because um, if you send somebody mail in game, they can't delete that character until their mail is empty. So oh. people just spammed his mailbox so that he couldn't he couldn't delete him. That's hilarious, dude. So, this yeah. guy, I mean, this guy must be a professional streamer, right? Yeah, he's he's a streamer for sure. Um, yeah. Twitch.tv slash Jogard TV. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's popular, and this definitely gave him some um, a bit more popularity here. Yeah, no kidding. But, I'm sure he's probably like, I'll delete it. Who cares? I've got, this is my job. I'll just, it gives me more to <laughs> I'll do. I'll just make another one. Yeah. I'll just make another one. <laughs> yeah. So they, they clogged his mail. So I guess the viewers won that battle. Yeah. But I, I thought Joke's that was pretty you, funny. Joker. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Nice. There's other Warcraft related news that we're not going to talk about. Nice. But uh, next up, Andy, Bungie. Oh, Bungie. Bungie is bringing back its reward system from Rise of Iron in the form of a season pass for Shadowkeep. Mm-hmm. Nice, dude. I know. I recall that was a pretty popular reward system. So it was really cool. I liked it quite a bit. It was just mm-hmm. a part of the experience mm-hmm. of Rise of Iron. So yeah, there was there's nothing to really hate about it. So these details are a little different from that one. Shadowkeep. So last year you needed to buy the whole year's worth of season pass all up front. Right. right this year, mm-hmm. it's a little different. There's going to be four seasons instead of three, and you can buy each one separately if you like. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You could spend thirty-five bucks and get a single uh, season pass with some free uh, premium tracks, and we'll talk about the tracks here in a second. Or you can buy like all four seasons for sixty bucks. So you do have some options there. Hmm. It is a lot of cash, but it's a lot of content. So you could earn a season pass reward similar to how you can with any other season pass just through gameplay and accomplishments. And Datto, I was watching a video with Datto and he figured it's going to take you about eight hours a week to unlock everything if you play every single week. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff to unlock. You could purchase each tier towards the end of the season with real money. So, oh, wow. so remember with call of duty, yeah. um, black yeah. ops four, if you wanted to just buy some of those tiers mm-hmm. to kind of push your way towards those end rewards, you yeah. could pay extra money to do that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. also there's going to be included. There's a free version and a pay version. Obviously some, you know, the, the first season is called the season of the undying, the, the free version is just free. There's not a lot of great stuff. Then there's the paid version, obviously. That is going to include legendary and exotic items. Mm. Game-changing items that you can earn or buy. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't yeah. expect that uh, mm. with the Bungie being uh, away from Activision. But as mm. it turns out, Activision was not necessarily the driving force between behind some of Bungie's uh, uh, monetization strategies that we have learned. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Andy, overall, what is your your kind of thoughts behind yeah. the whole uh, season well, pass thing? Yeah, like I like I'd mentioned, you know, I with Destiny, man, I, I t- because it has been such a point of contention especially since destiny 2 i've sort of stayed out of the loop with uh with the news mostly and and i shouldn't say that right like i i keep up with the news but the details like uh mostly because i want to make up my own mind right yeah i did that with forsaken right when when they started making a lot of changes uh probably more so because i was one of the the early adopters of destiny 2 you know i jumped into it i poured a lot of time into the vanilla version certainly you know, there were things that I, I wasn't uh, crazy about. 
But, I mean, I spent some time in there. Um, and then, of course, they're going through all their transitions. Uh, and, you know, we just talked about how WoW really acknowledges the achievements of their, you know, uh, fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, Destiny has been a little bit uh, of a different thing. You know, it's 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 been such a huge... Like it's been one big transition, right? So, yeah. Um, for the most part, I, I, you know, here lately, my relationship with the game has been more of a, of a casual one. And so I, like, I tend to like, and especially here lately, you know, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I just want to just let them make their changes, give us the game. Certainly, I'll purchase it, um, and then get in there, play it, and see how I feel mm-hmm. about it. You know. Now, I, I will say that on the surface, kind of seeing a quote unquote battle pass. Yes. Uh, delivery model doesn't really sit well with me. And mostly because, uh, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, Remnant, a game like Remnant being so refreshingly different because it it's just an honest game, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Where something like this, like I really want, uh, you know, especially with uh, Activision and Bungie separating, like I want that for Bungie, right? Like I want them... And well, I want our relationship with them to be like, hey, here's a game and us to be like, oh, we, you know, we love all the time and effort and love and respect that you've poured into this. We want to reward you with everything that we think you deserve. Right. And I mm-hmm. think I I really think like if games like Warframe and even, Bun- you know, Destiny, right, uh, are any indication like your players will reward you handsomely uh for for a good you know product that respects uh their commitment to the game um yeah. but the hard part is defining what that is right like what what respects and acknowledges your commitment to the game you know mm-hmm. uh and that's such a such a moving target for them to kind of nail down what i do appreciate though is that it sounds like they're very open to feedback now and uh and you know really it's up to us right if we don't like this delivery model then you know, just voice your opinion and hopefully they, they'll they make some changes. Yeah. Yeah. Datto in that video, he was definitely concerned. Mm-hmm. And he also kind of said that, you know, that this can definitely go in a worse direction. And he did not seem like he'd be surprised if that was the direction we would go eventually after this season passes complete. Well, there's so, so many, there's so many things tied to these, uh, like you said, right. Exotics and even legendaries, right. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's, you know, uh, world's first, you know, that, <laughs> that, yeah, uh, yeah. that people compete for. And if, you know, if you have more powerful or more, if, you know, efficient ways of, of completing these tasks that mm-hmm. aren't available to, uh, other players who choose not to, you know, buy the season, then, you know, that kind of hamstrings them. Right. So I don't know, man. I don't I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I will I will abstain from op- opining uh, yeah. until until we see it, man. I think that's probably the smartest thing yeah. to do. I mean, they 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 definitely need to add value mm-hmm. for the whole paid season pass. Oh, yeah, for sure. uh, I don't like that they have uh, powerful items in there that you can use in game and that somebody can just pay money to get those items. I wish yeah. those things would either be not there right. as a part of the pay one or put it on the free one, like at the very end. So it's at least yeah. hard to get and you can't just buy it outright. Yeah, I don't know, man. They need to monetize some way. And this is the best idea they have to to monetize mm-hmm. with this uh, with the shadow keep going forward. So. I don't know, man. I I do wish Bungie the best of luck here. I know this is not easy for them. No, 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 no. So hopefully hopefully things work out for them. Mm -hmm. Because what I don't want to see is a season pass that feels punishing. And that feels like such a grind. And it feels like it takes forever to accomplish anything. And I feel punished if I'm not playing eight hours, you know, a week or whatever that, that time is, you know. So well, and I, then, I don't know, want to be compelled to spend more money because something it, doesn't feel good to actually grind out. And when you have been, quote unquote, caught with your hand in the cookie jar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by throttling experience gains, you know, yeah. already in the past, like it just opens. Yeah. yeah, I think it just it 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 calls it brings up too many questions that you don't need, especially with this new direction that you're taking, you know? Yes. Um, so I, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. It's so hard 
uh, for them to get it right. I, you know what, though? I, I, I love Bungie as a developer. They have some storied games, you know, Halo, the first Destiny, you know, uh, even this Destiny, right? Like, you know, I, I, I love that developer. I really, uh, I want them to do well. I want them to do well, mm-hmm. and I want them to do well, especially now that they're on their own. You know, yeah. so hopefully they'll get there, man. I, I really do think that they'll get there, man. They're they're so open now and they're communicating a lot more, which hasn't been the case. And uh, and they them, I think they've I've heard them say that uh, even with this, right? Like, hey, we're trying to figure it out. If we yeah. get feedback that people just aren't crazy about it, then we'll you know we'll, yep. we'll we will adjust accordingly. And now that they're self-published, every decision that they make is their own decision. Mm-hmm. As in, mm-hmm. as in, they bear the consequence for everything solely. Oh yeah, for sure. So for hopefully sure. they take that responsibility so serious that by the time this is out and we're all playing it, we see it as something that is good and mm-hmm. fair and positive overall. So, Definitely. but one of those things, man, we got to wait and see. October first oh, yeah. is when Shadowkeep releases. They have the whole new light thing where the, a, a massive portion of the game is actually free to play completely. Mm-hmm. So if you've never played Destiny, then that'd be a good time to check it out. For sure. We'll be there. Yes. Yes, we will be. And Andy. Yes. This next story is about Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare multiplayer design director says that balancing everything kind of boils the fun out of things. Oh, okay. So this, this was a real interesting read from your favorite website yet again. Yes. Let me guess. WCCF Tech? Yes, where where consumers come first. <laughs> yes. Or is it where customers come first? Something like that. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. The reboot of Infinity Ward's highly acclaimed game released in 2007 won't be chasing balance at all costs in multiplayer. In fact, in an interview published on the latest PlayStation official magazine, October 19th, issue 166, Infinity Ward's multiplayer design director, Jeffrey Smith, said, The developers are mostly interested in just making Modern Warfare fun to play. Here, here, Manny. Uh, I think somewhere along the line, these games have tried to get so balanced. Maybe it was esports. It's kind of just boiled the fun out of the things when you try to super balance everything we're just having fun we want to just be able to climb around and have fun interactions if i can creatively problem solve this firefight instead of having me forced down the hallway i can use my brain better i can get a different advantage and it's kind of uh you know a puzzle platform approach we just want to create more dynamic interaction we've boiled it down to this micro level of one-on-one combat and what we can do to add variability to the outcome of that. From climbing around you to running inside and closing a door that causes you to make a choice, you're going to run in and enter the building somehow. Smith certainly is right that providing moment-to-moment fun during gameplay is more important than keeping everything perfectly balanced, which is a utopia anyway though the competitive community may not necessarily agree with that sentiment. It's not just the competitive uh, community, I think, man. It's also (laughs) like, you know, us, right? Just the regular player who, um, you know, when we get in there and we start playing against some top-tier, you know, players, especially depending on how they do matchmaking. Yeah. You know, it can be be a difficult experience to enjoy uh, if, you know, if there's just... uh, you know, if balance is an issue, right? So, yeah, I think so. But, but I think I really like this dude's perspective, dude, mm-hmm. because how many games have we played that suffered from this overbalancing where nothing seemed special, everything was equal and it just felt mm-hmm. bland and tasteless. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, you know, and certainly there, there are, you know, things like that. There are situations like that where, where, um, it does boil all of the fun out of the game, right? It kind of um, does. I mean, yes, it might be more com- competitive and the winners of the matches have, uh, you know, they may be, they may be winning the matches because of their skill, 
but it's kind of nice when there's a flavor of the week, when there's something powerful that you can do and kind of take an advantage of. And I don't know, man, I, I guess there are a couple ways to look at this, but I, I think, I think this is the right approach. And I think modern warfare is going to be pretty solid when it comes out. Oh yeah. I know. I mean, and I know that, that, uh, there's been, a a lot of excitement, Manny. Is it fair to yes. say? <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. It's one of the more fun ones, man. I can't wait to see the reimagining. Yes, for sure, man. Well, Andy, let's move on. Uh, there's this other story we're going to talk about. Uh, CD Projekt Red. They had kind of officially said that they're going to be continuing development for Witcher and Cyberpunk and that they have this whole uh, development strategy to to bring us both of those titles. But uh, there we go. We just covered it. Heck so yeah. we'll, we'll skip the details because we have a big, big story. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. So, PAX East, Andy, that just happened. We got this huge deep dive video of Cyberpunk 2077 with a developer Q&A as well. And this thing was... It was pretty meaty. We learned a lot of stuff, dude. We're going to go through this write-up from Adam Bunkers from IGN, and we're going to check out all these details, everything that we learned from this cyberpunk reveal. All right. Andy, are you strapped in? Are you ready to uh, take off in this rocket ship? Heck yes. So CD Projekt Red had shared a 15-minute edited video of the gameplay demo that had been shown off behind closed doors up until now. In addition, head of communications in UK for CD Projekt Red, Holly Bennett, hosted a Q&A panel with some developers. And yeah, like I said, it was really exciting. I was happy to see it. Before we jump into this, Andy, mm. there was a lot of disappointment on the internet because back then they saw a 50-minute video. Here we got a more of a curated 15-minute edited video of that. The internet was disappointed because it's the internet, Manny. That's true. <laughs> it's a part of the definition. That's right. It's right. It's always like that. I don't think the internet has ever been happy about anything ever. Yeah. I mean, smack up top, it says work in progress. This game is development. Right. So, yeah. hey, a lot has happened over the last few months. I'm mm -hmm. sure a lot of things have changed. Yeah. So, hey. They have the right to do whatever they want and to show us or to not show us whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. So going in, into that with a, more of a, a positive and hopeful attitude, mm -hmm. I got a lot out of this, dude. Oh, yeah. No, definitely, man. I Look, and then you, you run the risk of ruining the game for yourself, right? When you, they're showing you everything, man. Yes. So, I mean, I, 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 what I saw, I was very, very satisfied with and, I'm, and it's really exciting man to see how much um customability we're gonna I, I think they showed us more than enough me too actually yeah um, so let's break down this trailer cyberpunk 2077's character creation and life path the player character v can choose one of three life paths for his character that will help define their path nomad street kid or corporate mm-hmm the description of the Nomad, roaming the Badlands, looting scrapyards, raiding fuel depots. Life on the road wasn't easy, but growing up in a Nomad clan has its perks. Honesty, integrity, and love of freedom. Qualities that few in Night City possess, and no amount of money can buy. The description of the street kids. They say if you want to understand the streets, you gotta live in them. Gangs, fixers, dolls, small-time pushers. You were raised by them all. Down here, the law of the jungle dictates the weak serve the strong. The only law in Night City you have yet to break. The description mm -hmm. of the corporate. Few leave the corporate world with their lives. Few still with their souls intact. We've been there. We've beaten the rules, exploited secrets, and weaponized information. There's no such thing as fair game. Only winners and losers. How is it that that the nomad is the one that sounds the most like noble and <laughs> <laughs> yeah well hey he's had to work for everything that he has right that's true that's true man so, Andy, these are super cool backstories you get to choose one of these when you start the game 
And it these will kind of determine how people see you. Your past will come back to you. So I really like this dude. Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be like a true RPG experience. And a part of that is picking who you are and who you've been. Yeah, dude, that's going to be awesome, man. Now, did have they said if they did say something about picking your, I guess, your background yeah. does feed into um, some of your like abilities, right? Oh, abilities. I don't know about that specifically. I do or know that's going to help change how people treat you. But oh, I don't yeah, know yeah, if right. any of these give you specific abilities. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Next up is character creation. You create a character by choosing body type, appearance, and abilities, which include body, intelligence, reflexes, technical, and cool. Cool factor? <laughs> well, cool, it's about, it's not about how you look. It's about mm. how your player reacts under pressure. Which is oh, a really see, interesting stat. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. there was some stuff going around on the internet that they've changed things and you're just one person, but you kind of choose male and female parts and stuff and you can't be a male or a female. That's not true. I don't know how that started, but they basically show you in the video when you begin, you either choose the male version of V or the female version of V. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... If you choose like the female, you could have a male voice. You can kind of make yourself look however you want and vice versa. So that screams cyberpunk. So I think there's a lot of silly outrage going on. But if you just want to choose a boy and be treated as such, just click the male V character. Yeah. So there goes that controversy. A non-controversy. Got it. (laughs) Exactly. Character builds, you can choose solo, techie, or netrunner. Cyberpunk 2077 does not limit character players and force them to choose a single class. Players can mix and match skills and attributes and create a V that they wish to embody. Mm -hmm. So there are three main archetypes, solo, techie, and netrunner. So you could kind of mix and match if you want to be some kind of hybrid if you want. But in the demo, we saw the net runner and the solo and how they handled situations. One of them, the solo was just brute force rip doors opens with your, with your uh, mechanical hands. And the other, the net runner was more about hacking. Mm -hmm. It was super cool to watch. Oh yeah, definitely. It's cool for them to take on the same, I guess it was the level they were playing, right? Yes. And to tackle that, in two completely different ways. It was really Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. It was cool. Uh, One example, the demo showed the player character hacking into a bench press machine where the gang member from the animals was using, causing it to crush him and kill him. Yeah. Uh, That was pretty crazy. Another one showed this, uh, this boxing droid. Yeah. The sparring partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just went OP overpowered and just totally mashed this dude. Yes. So that that was pretty cool, man. There's this game looks super exciting. It looks mm-hmm. just like so visceral. Like that's what I was thinking that that this game is just not playing around. It is taking the gloves off. Well, and then to see the the because uh, you know they did give us a glimpse of the uh, the perk trees, right? It looks so. It looked huge, man. Like there's so many different things, uh, it, so many branches yeah, to build into. Yeah, a lot you know? of characterization, yeah, customization. Yeah, right, right. So that'll be interesting to see, man. To to see just the diversity, right, that you could come up with. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh that'd yeah, for sure, man. Interesting. This next section is about weapons, perks, skills, gear, and cyberware. Guns can be one of many classes, including smart guns that have homing bullets. Tech weapons that can pierce covers and power weapons that are street grade firearms, like a bursting shotgun. Mm. They talked about having a, an eight barrel shotgun in game. We didn't get to oh. see it, but that sounds ridiculous. Wow. wow, wow. They said it had eight barrels and it shot yeah. all eight bullets at once. Oh my gosh. That's ridiculous. It's oh, <laughs> <that is> ridiculous. <laughs> they also talked about how they had this, uh, this, uh, Russian weapon, 
that had bullets that would actually heat up to incinerate cyborg bodies. Oh, wow. So they've kind of taken the whole world of cyberpunk and all the different culture and all the different backgrounds and how everybody is. And they've kind of customized the guns and the weapons to fit uniquely in this world. And you're not going to see guns like this in, in other genres, really, because there's no need for them. But something mm-hmm. that is familiar, melee weapons, that's actually going to be a thing. You can be a melee character, which is pretty cool. We didn't really know that before. And you could fight with broken bottles, knives, or with katanas even. So, and I think we even saw a, a picture of like a, a throwing knife too. So mm-hmm. and one thing they mentioned, Andy, is just the whole problem you run into in these types of games where your character looks amazing. You're really happy with how you look, your style. It's super cool. Then you find another item like a, a, a shirt and you want to wear your jacket, but this shirt has way better stats. Mm-hmm. So they know that's a problem. They're thinking of some kind of solution, but we're not sure yet. We mm. still have several months, so maybe they'll have some kind of transmog system. Who knows? Right. But dude, just looking at this trailer, there was or this this video, there was a lot of customization. There were like a lot of jackets and a lot of cool looking stuff. Oh yeah, dude. It I, it's almost like for someone like me overwhelming right like oh my gosh (laughs) that's a lot to keep track of Mm -hmm. which is what the you know like if it's a cosmetic thing i'm like i don't care how it looks does it make me kill better yes i I end up looking like a homeless you know vagabond yeah (laughs) so night city has a bunch of different districts and different gangs Mm -hmm. there's six different districts and each district varies based on the different types of gangs that are there and whatever has happened in the history of those particular areas. So like in the demo, we saw Pacifica. It was once meant to be a tourist destination. So whenever the financial hardships finally came, all those people just left. So the Voodoo Boys, they're there in Pacifica and they're one of the more dominant gangs And they began as a Haitian gang. They -hmm. left their home back in 2060 following some natural disasters. They brought their culture and are the best hackers in Night City. Every particular gang has its own like special features. And the Voodoo Boys specifically, they're really into hacking. They're into the nets. And the way the world is kind of organized is that there's lots of small uh, self-enclosed networks So there's not like the internet as we know it now. But the idea Mm -hmm. is that outside of their little networks and everything, there is this this outer web where all these AIs kind of run rampant. They're they're like self-aware. And so the voodoo boys are constantly trying to hack and get to those AIs because they think that it's going to help them overall. And there's these other factions that want to prevent that from happening. You want to keep people safe from those things. So there's all these different conflicts and these little wars that are going on between all these different gangs and factions. You're not there to save the world. You're there to save yourself. It's a really interesting world that we kind of find ourselves in. And the whole premise of the game of us kind of just finding ourselves and and saving ourselves and the ones that we care about. That's kind of interesting because you're not a hero in this mm-hmm. game, yeah. which is kind of funny because there's so many games we play where we're the guardian, right? right? We're the one that everybody's looking to for help. Yeah. You're more of a mercenary, right? In a lot of ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're going to take a lot of quests from different, uh, different factions here. And yeah, you're just doing different jobs for different people. And a lot of those like side quests and stuff, they're similar to the side quests you see in The Witcher, just really long and involved deep with a lot of consequences. Uh, We also learned about different vehicles and stuff. You saw a a pretty sick looking motorcycle. And yeah, I'm excited, man. But that was that was pretty much the reveal. There are some other things here about like Keanu Reeves and stuff, how that's Johnny Silverhand and he's Mm -hmm. this digital construct that is a part of a chip that's in your brain. So he's not actually there, but he is there. Your conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Keanu Reeves is your conscience. Right. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Hey dude, I'll take Ted as my conscience any day. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
But there was a big emphasis on the fact that there's a lot of choices and a lot of consequences. A lot of the choices you make will come back to hurt you. So they show this one scene where one of the leaders of the animals, her name was uh, Sasquatch. In the whole scenario that played out, you can choose to kill Sasquatch or let her live. If you choose mm-hmm. to let her live, then Sasquatch is still in the game. And you better believe Sasquatch is going to want her revenge one way or another. That's right. So, yeah, everything you do has a consequence. Andy, this game looks incredible. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Dude, it's going to be, I, man, I imagine that this game is going to be really deep and like a pretty sizable experience, you know. I wouldn't be surprised um, if it, uh, you know, if it becomes a pretty big time sink. Yeah, for a lot of us. Um, and I think I'm really so. Excited, man! I'm super pumped. You know? Yeah, I I think this is the kind of game you can have like multiple playthroughs mm-hmm. to kind of just choose up your background, change it up, change up your build and stuff, and just play through however you want. You know? And they did say there's no like like uh, morality meter. So you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about that because sometimes that becomes a restriction. I just want to role play as a good character. So then yeah. you come to a situation where the best thing to do is actually a bad thing. And it yeah. just doesn't sort of make sense. It kind of breaks your immersion. So there's none of that in this game. So they, they've cool. made a lot of really good design decisions that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty soaked about. I think they're doing it right. I absolutely agree, man. They're taking their time. You know, they're making sure that the experience is good. They have good pedigree. It sounds like there's not going to be any microtransactions, you know. I think it'll, yeah. it'll be a ton of fun, man. Most of us will be really happy with what we get. Absolutely. I'm excited, man. But sure. Andy, my friend, that brings us to the end of the podcast. What? Yes. So, hey, thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us on Patreon. We greatly appreciate it. We do a monthly Patreon-only podcast to say thank you. You can listen to that for as little as $1 a month. Three bucks a month gains you access to our Patreon Lounge channel and Discord, but if Patreon is not your thing, that is 100% okay. We would just ask you to consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes because that is super helpful. And lastly, if you have any feedback for us whatsoever, just go to GamingAdventureClub.com and check out all the links there. Totally. Come hang out with us. It's a lot of fun. Indeed. Join our Discord and, uh, yeah, come make some new friends. For sure. For sure. So, Andy, my friend, until next time, have an adventurous week and take care of each other. up my chainsaw bayonet manny (laughs) yes i can't wait